Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and my bulldog, Rodney, is with me as usual. So I'm back with my friend, Scott Tudor, and today we're talking about the Women's Royal Rumble matches at uh, the Royal Rumble. And we thought the matches were really, really entertaining and very exciting. So we're going to give you our take on the matches and where we think the women's division is going as we head on the ro- to the road to WrestleMania in April. So, Scott, welcome back to the show. Good afternoon, Ben. Thanks again for having me. I'm excited to discuss these women. Yeah. So, um, you know, the women's division has been um, really outstanding both in Raw and um and SmackDown, and especially NXT. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but they've really had a very good run the past two years. And, um, you know, they went into these matches with three matches featuring the women. They had Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. They had uh, Lacey Evans challenging Bayley for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. And then you had the Women's Royal Rumble. So we're going to start out by talking about that championship match with Becky Lynch and Asuka. So Becky's had the title since uh, winning it at WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, we talked earlier that, you know, she's obviously with this whole man thing and she's you know been on a tear the whole year. But we were like, you know, is Becky getting stale? And even in her promo, she was like, hey, she felt like she was maybe getting stale on some things. So they paired her up with Asuka, which was kind of a, an odd pairing in a way. Because Asuka is co-tag team champions with Kari Sane over in Raw. But that being said, Asuka is as talented as it gets as far as uh, women wrestlers. So what was your uh, take on this match and the pairing? So I think the pairing was, was good. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Asuka fan. Um, I, I've always thought or always said that I was kind of unsure of the whole putting Asuka in the tag team division with Kari Sane. Other than maybe she, they're trying to build up Carrie Sane's name because Asuka was very successful uh, as a singles wrestler. I mean, she come in and rivaled Charlotte for a while and gave her a run for her money and uh, was very successful in singles. You know, again, maybe they're just trying to build up the tag team division. I'm, I'm not sure. But there again, I think Asuka is a very good opponent for Becky and Asuka is very uh, aggressive. She's very brutal. You know, she's very tough. So... I thought this match was great. I thought the booking was good. Yeah, and um, I thought the match, I mean, they had a lot of high points and a lot of, I mean, very physical um, matches. So I thought, really, this was one of Becky Lynch's better matches in in quite some time. And I like the fact that Asuka is heel. Um, you know, she's using the green mist back to the days of the, the great Kabuki and great the great Muda. And I like the pairing of her and Carrie Sane um, in the tag team division. And I like this match just because Asuka needs to stay relevant because I don't know of any other women tag teams that they have right now because I don't know what is really going on with um, Peyton Royce and um, uh, the other, the Fantastics. Um, I almost said the Fantastics. That was the 80s guys team. Um, the, the Iconics. I don't know the what's Iconics. going on with him. I don't know if one of them is hurt at the moment or not. But um, So they haven't been around for... Um, several months, and unless you do like a pairing with Natalia and Charlotte, I mean, there were no tag teams for Oscar and Carrie Sane to go against, and they were going against 
uh, Charlotte and Becky is a tag team for a while, and Charlotte and um, uh, Natalia, so they needed to keep them relevant. But uh, I just thought it was an excellent match. Uh, Becky Lynch comes out the winner um, in the match, which makes sense from a booking standpoint. Um, but uh, you know, overall, I thought it was really good, and I, I think it'd be interesting to see what. Um, where do you think Becky's direction is going to go as we head into WrestleMania? I think that's a, a tough call because really Asuka was the best choice for her to have a feud with or this short feud that they've been having. And honestly, in my heart, I wanted Asuka to win, but you are right. The, the booking wouldn't have made sense for her to win and be tag team champion. So uh, that would have kind of been tough there. Uh, but I, I, again, I think we're at a loss for Becky. Uh, and I got to give her props because this, this little feud kind of refreshed her. Because before that, I was I was done with Becky. I was over it. I felt like they needed to let her go away for a while and then, uh, you know, bring her back and have a big pop right before WrestleMania. Uh, and maybe that's still what they need to do. I'm not sure because I don't know where she goes from here. I mean, that's a, a great question. And, uh, you know, booking-wise, I just don't know uh, where she goes from here. I mean, do you do her, I mean, Charlotte, well, we, I don't want to talk ahead, so <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that when we come around. But, yeah, uh, one, one thing, I guess you have a lot of potential variables for Becky. Um, right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense whoever wins that Royal Rumble match that we're going to get to. Um, they, they would That woman would challenge Becky Lynch, and within that match, um, you know, some names we've, obviously she's battled Charlotte Flair numerous times. Um, as a fan, I don't know that I want to see another Becky Charlotte Flair match. Um, they're they're always good, but I've I've seen it several times. But right. it, I guess it's kind of like a, a classic Ric Flair Dusty Rhodes match. I mean, it's always going to be a good solid solid match. But you know, you've heard a lot about um, uh, her versus Shayna Baszler, and you know Shayna Baszler is a contestant in the Royal Rumble. So if she wins, it um, it would make sense for her to challenge her even if she doesn't win i mean that's that's certainly an opportunity and you know does ronda rousey make a, a triumphant return to um to uh wrestlemania and try to avenge her loss to becky lynch i mean to me that would be a fantastic one and if i had to pick among the three i would pick ronda rousey coming back i don't know um I think Ronda Rousey was on Corey Graves' podcast. WWE has a podcast now. They they heard our show and now they want to start their own. But um, <laughs> they do. They ha- they have a WWE podcast. It's like over the top with Corey Graves. I I haven't heard it yet, but um, but they were saying that he interviewed Ronda Rousey um, yesterday. But I mean, eventually she's going to come back. So I think that would be a cool pairing. I'm not a huge Shayna Baszler fan. Um, I'm not really keen on her look um i mean i think she's a talented wrestler and stuff but i don't i don't get excited about that pairing as i would if it was ronda rousey versus um becky lynch because like we've mentioned in prior podcasts i mean i thought when they booked ronda and just gave her the title right away it didn't sit well with me because i didn't think she'd quote earned her stripes as a wrestler yet and Agreed. the way she has, um, even though you know she definitely earned it as an MMA competitor, but it was just the fact that it was like so obvious you were holding people back like Nia Jax and people I thought could dominate. 
But that being said, Ronda Rousey got so much better as she got more experience, which you would expect. And when she went heel, I thought she was great. I thought her time at, at WrestleMania, she was that was the best version of Ronda Rousey. So I agree with that. So we'll see what happens. Um, so going next. You also just brought up another good point. You brought up a name that we haven't heard in a while, and I'm thinking she's working on her comeback in Nia Jax. Nia Jax would also be a good viable opponent for Becky uh, for WrestleMania if she were to make a triumphant comeback. Yeah, I think she's got to be close because I saw on Instagram um, she's down with Charlotte Flair um, in Miami for the Super Bowl, and she was you know moving around. I've seen her; she's been doing some workouts and stuff. So she's cut some weight. She she's looking good. Yeah. So I hope she comes to Raw because, like we mentioned, I mean, the Raw women's division is really not very deep. Um, right. So. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll discuss this a little more as we get through the Rumble um, analysis. So the next match we'll talk about is uh, Bailey versus uh, Lacey Evans. What was your take on that match? I thought overall it was a decent match. Uh, I felt like coming into it that Bailey would win. So uh, you know I kind of knew what was going to happen or whatever. But I think overall it was it was a good match. Uh, I certainly. <laughs> They're pulling Lacey's uh, family into it, which is kind of, you know, I mean, it, that's kind of a stale uh, outlook. And, you know, I, I can't help, and I don't know if you've heard of this show or not, and I think I made mention of it before, but there is a show about the old 80s uh, wrestling organization called Glow. It was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, and oddly enough, one of the main characters in that show that, that they developed for that wrestling organization Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans mimics her almost to a T. So it's the whole Southern Belle, you know, tall, blonde, all-American girl type thing. And even in that show, they showed how they used her family in the booking to to make the storyline better. And it, it's almost uh, surreal because it's almost like WWE's using that. I mean, it's kind of weird. I, I hate to call that out, but... Uh, if you watch the show, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about because it's almost that, that perfect storyline for what they're doing with Lacey Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I thought it was a good match. I don't think it was as good as um, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Um, not, not, not even close. And I don't think that the, the pinfall was... It, it, the ending wasn't that great. And, and honestly, I do like Lacey Evans. I like her, 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 um, her face turn. But she did miss a few spots in the match. Um, so yeah, and, and, and the crowd wasn't as into it. Um, right. So, but I think it was the right call to to leave Bailey as a champion for now. Uh, because Agreed. I think I think Bailey has done a good job as a heel. I, I think she's really I like her character as a heel better than I did as a face. I do too, by leaps and bounds yeah. more. But, of course, you know, when she was a face, I mean, she wasn't really, her target market wasn't you and me, you know, the 40-year-old guys. Her target market was the little, the young kids, especially the young women. Right. So. right. Um, but, you know, Sasha Banks has been out for a little bit, I guess, recording a rap album, so we'll see what happens. I, me, personally, I think the best woman on the, the, the SmackDown roster, roster is Sasha Banks. 
But, uh, you know, I think Lacey Evans has done a good job. I don't know. I, I think this feud with Bailey and Lacey Evans might be over based on the fact that um, last night on SmackDown, Bailey battled, um, or they brought out Trinity Fatu, who is, um, ah, shoot, I forget her name. Um, Naomi. Naomi. And, yep. um, you know, we'll get to her a little bit in the, the Rumble match, but she looked good. Uh, she's very talented in the ring, so I think a match with her and Bailey really should be better because um, Naomi is a very sound technical wrestler. I think that's going to happen, and Naomi's held, held gold before. Yeah. I, I think both tag team and champ, world champions. So, right. Uh, I, I, she's a legit, a legit contender. I think the timing couldn't have been better for her to come back. Yeah, well, and I think so. Um, when she lost her title, I forgot who she lost it to. She may have lost it to Charlotte, but she didn't really have it that long. But I, I, I just really enjoy her, her character and her athleticism in the ring. Not that Lacey Evans, Lacey Evans is very athletic and strong, but it's just a, it's a different combination because Lacey's a really big woman. She's like a better matchup for a Charlotte Flair, um, right? Based on body type. But I agree. I think that that matchup needs to happen. Yeah. So anyway, so that is um, that match where Becky or Bailey retains a SmackDown Women's Championship. So no changes in the champions from the women's side going into the Royal Rumble match. So that being said, that takes us to the Royal Rumble match. And for those who aren't familiar with the Royal Rumble format, it's thirty competitors um, to start out, and uh, every ninety seconds there is a new competitor who comes in, and the goal is. Whoever's left standing after all 29 competitor, other competitors have been thrown over the top rope wins the championship, and that person or that woman gets to pick which champion she wants to challenge at WrestleMania. So some of the usual suspects are in it. You know, you've got your – you're going to have Charlotte Flair. You're going to have um, uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were in it, uh, Kari Sane – was in it, um, let's see, Dana Brooke um, was in it, um, oh shoot, uh, Carmella was in it, and uh, Zelina Vega from Raw, uh, Natalia was in it, they brought in Sarah Logan, brought in uh, Beth Phoenix and Kelly Kelly, who were veterans, but we'll get to Beth Phoenix in a minute, but let me tell you, she she's still an awesome wrestler, in my opinion. I love her, I love Beth Phoenix, I have loved her since she was uh on the show every week back when she was uh in wwe full-time yeah i'm just cra- i'm crazy about that she she's awesome i i follow her on instagram she's a good mother she's a good wife and she's just tough as nails man and her workouts are ridiculous yeah of course married to edge um right. and then from nxt nxt had a very Oh, also uh, in this, they have Liv Morgan and they have um, Lana in. What's your take on the Liv Morgan change um, of character and also her battle with um, with Lana? I actually think that it's uh, good for both Lana and Liv. I think I love Liv as a blonde. I'm glad they changed that, but that's for different reasons. <laughs> but, I agree. Uh, well, to, to stop you on that, you know, they always talk about the... the the hottest, um, I did a, a podcast, you know, the hottest on Instagram, and I had, you know, Mandy Rose in there, and of course Mandy's character is, and we'll, we'll talk more about Mandy later, um, but, um, you know, God's greatest creation, and, you know, 
they've always had a lot of attractive female wrestlers. But I gotta tell you, if I had to vote, this new Liv Morgan would get my vote as the most attractive of the women wrestlers. Uh, when she first came out, you're married. I don't know if you can part- say anything, but I'm not, and I can. So. <laughs> I was uh, when when she first came out. She was part of that uh, little group. That, uh, there was three of them. I can't even remember squad. what they were called. The riot yeah, squad. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was like, I picked her out. I was like, man, she is cute. You know, she she's going to be a star if they if they let her. And then she started messing with her hair, and she was still cute, but you know, it kind of took away from it. And then, of course, I think she went out on injury. And to bring her back with this Lana feud, I think it's perfect, perfect timing. She's changed her look. You can tell she's matured and, you know, she went back blonde. And, I, and just the way she's carrying herself and everything, she's it, it's dynamite. And it's money. They, yeah. they need to really, really work on it and, and push it. So, and Lana's a, a good heel. Lana's a good heel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She, I love Lana when her and... Rusev first came out, not just because of her look, but because she ticked everybody off, you know? Mm-hmm. Just the way that she carried herself and uh, portrayed herself as a Russian and, and all that, you know? And Lana, you know, hey, her wrestling skill may not be as good as some of the others, but she's the only one that walked to the ring with a microphone and, and pissed everybody off. So I thought that was money. I thought that was great. That's that's what you got to do to make people mad at you. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's her job. So, so talking about some of the um, the NXT um, participants in there, you have Shayna Baszler, which was expected. Um, you got Dakota Kai, Mia Kim, um, Candice LeRae was in there. Mercedes Martinez. Um, I'm just going through because there's the last person I'm going to mention is is a standout here that we're going to talk about for quite a bit. Uh, Tegan Knox was in there. This woman, Shotzi Blackheart from NXT, Zia uh, yeah. Lee, Tony Storm from NXT UK. She, she, she's a good wrestler and a good look. Uh, Chelsea yeah. Green mentioned Dakota Kai, and last but certainly not least is Bianca Belair. Um, other than <laughs> other than the champion right now, Rhea Ripley, who was not in it, which is kind of surprising in a way, but. But let me tell you, this Bianca Belair has been fantastic. And I didn't really know that much about her until I watched, like, the War Games and Survivor Series. But, I mean, she's about five foot six, five foot seven, former track athlete uh, at the University of Tennessee. I mean, muscular, has this long hair that she whips people around. And other than the champion who ended up, win- other than who ended up winning this thing that we'll get to later, Bianca Belair was the most dominant woman in this Royal Rumble match. What's Agreed your take on 100%. I, I agree 100%. You and I, in some of our podcasts, touched on her talking about uh, war games and Survivor Series, and then I think you and I and uh, our other uh, yeah, Christian. partner, Christian, talked about her, and he, he coined the phrase, He, I mean, he called her a stud. Yeah. Hey, she's a stud. I mean, there there is not a better term I can think of because man, she showed out at the Royal Rumble. She is a superb athlete and totally believable. I mean, she's tough, man. Absolutely. And I, I'm a, I, each time I see her, I become more of a fan. So I'm I'm behind Bianca Belair a hundred percent. And she's a good looking lady. You know, she's pretty. She's tough. She's muscular. 
She has I think some, she's got it going on. She has charisma and attitude. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, you know, honestly, gosh, I think the women's division in NXT is the best division of any of the WWE brands. Um, it's it's very deep. Uh, they've got a lot of very talented women in there, um, and and they're they're good. I mean, they're technically they're better than what you have on SmackDown and on Raw, in my opinion. Um, just for the depth. I, I, I back you up 100% on that. I agree 100%. Now, I'm not going to say that... I, I still think Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler overall. And Becky Lynch is there. Um, you know, Sasha Banks, I think, is outstanding. So, I think they're probably the top three. I mean, Bailey's obviously very good. She's, she's champion. So, I don't know that any of those women are... Um, and NXT are better than those four. I think you can make an argument that some some are right up there. I don't think they're probably better than Charlotte Flair or Becky at this moment. But I got to tell you, the, watching their matches on NXT, it it's fantastic, and they deserve a lot of credit both to those women and also you know the booking team at NXT to really bring in that talent and, and showcase them because they've just done a wonderful job on. Not only this Royal Rumble, but also the War Games and NXT. It's really quite commendable. Agreed. I agree. Now, I, I would put up an argument that Bianca Belair, I, I think she can come in and, and give uh, Bailey a run for her money right now. Mm-hmm. But sh- Charlotte, man, come on. Charlotte was made for this. I mean, she. Yeah. I, and, and crazily enough, she wasn't even thinking about doing this until the tragedy with her, her brother. And then because of him, you know, that's what she's doing. But man, she's perfect. I mean, she is made for women's wrestling. She's it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't picture, picture a better, uh, if I were to draw a, a women's wrestler, she'd be it. Yeah. Well, she's got size, power technical skills she can do all the aerial things so um she's great on the mic so but um but anyway well let's get into the the match here it starts off with two outstanding performers alexa bliss and bianca belair so i'll let you take it from there what'd you think of this this pairing and this startup i think that the pairing was genius and i think that it was great for both ladies because these two ladies, not to give too much away before we, we get into it, but they lasted a long time, and they made it a long time into this match, and they both, I mean, it, it built them both up. I thought it was great. I thought for them two to start it and for the story to be told for their two characters was an excellent choice. I, I agree, and I think, um, you know, by, Alexa Bliss came out at number one, and then Bianca Belair came out at number two. But Alexa Bliss still gets a huge pop when she comes out. And uh, so I, I thought that was a, a great choice because um, Alexa Bliss is also somebody that, you know, she can wrestle. She can, she can do pretty much everything in the, in the ring. So I, I'm a big fan of hers. So it started out Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. Then uh, we had Mighty Molly come in, uh, a wrestler <laughs> from the past. What, what was your take on Mighty Molly? So I, I got my note right here. Big surprise. So funny and so good to see Mighty Molly because not only did she come out as a surprise from the past, but she came out in character as Mighty Molly instead of 
you know, uh, I think she was a right to censor for a little while, and instead of just coming out as Molly Holly or, or whatever her other characters were, so Mighty Molly is comical, you know, and it was a big pop because she was from the past. And hey, I'm going to give Mighty Molly props. She looked good. Mm-hmm. She did a good job. She handled herself well. She didn't look rusty or, you know, out of place. And I didn't see her miss any spots. And, you know, I may have missed something, but for, she hasn't competed in forever. So I thought it was a great surprise and good booking to bring her out of the uh, history book. Yeah. So next, uh, coming in at number four, is Nikki Cross, uh, of course, the tag team partner for Alexa Bliss. Um, what's your take on Nikki Cross and this pairing with her and Alexa Bliss so far? I like the pairing because they're like opposites attract almost, and Nikki Cross is like the crazy friend that takes up for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like if a good-looking girl's at a bar and she's got her crazy friends, she wards off all the, the dudes that are hitting up. Hitting on them, I think that's exactly how they're booking that. So, and honestly, I think that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross would be a good pairing to take on Mandy Rose and uh, what's her friend's name? Sonya Deville. They've been they've been pairing yeah. them together lately. But they need to do that. They need to them to, those two need to do like a tag team feud and just go at it because. That's a perfect offset. You've got Alexa Bliss and Mandy Rose who would match up, and then you've got Nikki Cross and uh, uh, what's her name? Again, I can't Sonya keep Deville. up with her name. But yeah, Sonya Deville, I think I think that's a great pairing, uh, you know? Yeah, well, I, I like that pairing too um, just because, you know, we talked earlier, we'll get to Mandy Rose and, and Sonya Deville in a little bit here. Um, I felt like with Mandy's look... You know, it is what it is. I mean, she's very attractive. She's got a great body. Came from a fitness um, professional background. They're going to push that look. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, she's she's good on the mic. She's not, like, great. I mean, like, you talk about people that are great on the mic. I mean, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair. Um, I think Natalia is very good on the mic. And I think Becky Lynch does a good job on the mic. But... You know, Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville are still really relatively green when it comes to wrestling experience. Uh, Agree. But, you know, right now they're kind of mid-carters, but um, they don't get the pop that Alexa Bliss does. And, you know, Nikki Cross has really benefited from this pairing with Alexa Bliss because, I mean, I I like, like you said, the, the, the opposite pairing. And I like the fact that they didn't turn them against each other as of yet. Because that's what everybody was expecting to happen. They were expecting Alexa Bliss to find some way to turn on Nikki Cross, and she was just using Nikki. And I think that I, was, I think I, I think you and I actually touched that on on that a while back on one of our earlier uh, podcasts. And I, I'm uh, in agreement with you. I'm glad that they haven't done that yet. Yeah, because they don't need to, and they and they honestly need to have some competitors there for people like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville to go against because I mean like I mentioned earlier the depth of the women wrestlers in Raw and SmackDown is really not as great as you would think I mean Raw has very little depth very little depth I think they only have like five women on the well maybe seven on the roster because you've got Charlotte Flair Becky um Kari Sane and Asuka so that's four you got Natalia that's five and they've technically got the Iconics, but we haven't seen the Iconics in, in forever. So you've got five women to really work with in Raw, which is not very many at all. 
and right. uh, you know, even if you go to NXT, or I'm sorry, um, to SmackDown, I mean, you've got Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, but you got uh, Bailey. Now you've got uh, Naomi back. You've got um, oh shoot, um, uh, Sasha Banks. You've got um, uh, Lacey Evans. I mean. Dana Brooke, you've got a, a Carmella, you got a lot of women there, and it's and you can't get them all enough TV time. They really should have some of them over on Raw, but be that as it may, um, I think that pairing with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, pairing them with Mandy Rose and um, Sonya Deville is a good pairing because you got the two pretty blondes against each other, and then you got the the other pairings who they're kind of like the tough friend kind yeah. of thing, and. And I do like Sonya Deville in the ring. I I wish they would kind of give her some more freedom in there. I think um, I think she's very talented. Um, I mean, she's tough. Um, so I like I like seeing her go going against a Nikki Cross. I think that's a good pairing. But uh, so moving along in the um, in the Royal Rumble, this is where we have Lana come in, and a woman named Mercedes Martinez follows her, and then you get to Liv Morgan. I'm going to skip back to. Liv Morgan and Lana because you know talk about um, their pairing I guess in the in the Rumble because it was very funny how Lana came out. I thought. Yeah, I, lo- I loved how she came out. She carried the the microphone out. She made the whole crowd mad at her, and she talked on the microphone all the way down. She took her time, which is the other thing that that we didn't touch on in the in the men's uh, when we talked about that in the last episode. And, you know, a lot of times you always have one or two guys or, or girls that take their time to get there and kind of drain the clock, which, it, you know, bodes well for them or helps, you know, gives them an advantage. And Lana kind of done that. If you if you really watched her, she took her time. She talked trash all the way down. She took her robe off or whatever, got in, and it was no time before the next opponent was in. So she automatically, you know, kind of uh, had an advantage there. She already went to the next opponent. And she hadn't even been in the ring very long. So I thought that pairing was good uh, with her and Liv. I think it's a good uh, matchup. Kind of a good storyline. I'm still sick of the whole Bobby Lashley-Lana uh, thing. But uh, uh, Liv, I, I kind of wanted her to last longer. She, did, she didn't get to stay in there long enough. Uh, but I guess we can we can touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, I guess with, with Liv being – because. What happened is Lana was the first woman eliminated, and she was eliminated by Liv Morgan. But then Lana basically pulled Liv Morgan over, and they were eliminated, and then they got into a cat fight. But I didn't have a problem with that uh, and being kind of a short thing because that just kind of makes that feud more heated. There's more gas on the fire. And um, they actually had a match on Monday night against, um, against each other, and Liv Morgan got over. But I don't have a problem with that, and... I hope they develop the storyline more, and I'm sure they will. Because the thing that was interesting about it is when Lana or um, Liv Morgan made her return, it was because they were asking, "Okay, does someone object to this wedding during the wedding of Bobby Lashley and um, Lana storyline wedding?" And then, so Liv Morgan came out, and she's like, "How could you? How could you?" And the the play on it was like she was accusing Bobby Lashley of fooling around with her, having an affair with her, or, or something like that. And right. it was the opposite. They turned it where she had something going on with Lana. And, of course, they got into the huge <laughs> fight and everything. And and I remember right. seeing on social media where um, 
where Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose posted about it and how they were shocked because, of course, in real life, Sonia Deville is is lesbian in the first, I guess, um, you know, public LGBT um, women's wrestler. And so, you know, there had been signs that they were going to maybe push something with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and that kind of a storyline. And I know that um, I've read where they've even they even spoke to WWE about pushing that, but it didn't happen. And it was with uh, Liv Morgan, and so they were just kind of posting saying, you know, they couldn't believe it, kind of a thing. But yeah, that's that's probably real life heat behind yeah. the scenes there. Uh, that you know, that's not just storyline heat. That's probably real life heat because. They they requested that and didn't get their way, so I know that that uh, causes a lot of tension in the locker room. Right, but so they've they've gone this storyline down with um, with Liv Morgan, but you know it almost reminds me the the Liv Morgan um, uh, Lana feud. It reminds me. You remember that movie? Um, it was from the late nineties. It was with Denise Richards, Nev Campbell, and Matt Dillon. It was called Wild Things. You remember that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I just kind of feel like this is kind of like a play on the Denise Richards, Nev Campbell situation there. I don't know. Right. I, I just know that it was a very popular movie for the the, the guys in Hart Hall at Murray State. <laughs> yes, it was. An iconic movie. But anyway, and I think that kind of goes over better in a situation like with Lana and um, Liv Morgan, just because they both have a an interesting look. And it, it was something kind of unexpected. And we'll see how it goes. You know, that's all we can say. Yeah, back, back to the elimination, though. I have, even as a kid, I hated when somebody would get eliminated and then come back and pull somebody over the top rope that was still in the match. I've always said that should not be a legitimate elimination because once you're eliminated, you're no longer in the match. So if you get pulled over the top by that person, it shouldn't count. So I've always, that's like a pet peeve of mine. I know it's a, a show, but for whatever reason, that makes me mad. So I, I just hate it when they do that. Yeah, I agree. So, um... The next um, three competitors in are Mandy Rose, Candice LeRae, and Sonya Deville. And um, we don't really start getting into, um, well, we, we kind of have uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They work as a team once they're in there, and they end up um, eliminating Mercedes Martinez from NXT. And then um, I want to get into this storyline that I think is a great storyline. I'm very excited about it. It's the whole Mandy Rose-Otis pairing. I was getting ready to bring it up if you didn't. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I know Christian is not a fan of um, of Otis. He calls him the Chris Farley of professional wrestling, and that I think to a degree, you know, he is accurate in that. But I love Otis's character. I when I went to that match um, in Daytona as part of the Christmas series, I mean, he was there, and um, and I think they're a good tag team. I think he and Tucker as part of Heavy Machinery, or a good tag team. They both have very accomplished um, uh, uh, wrestling backgrounds as amateurs. I mean, they were wrestlers in college, especially Tucker. I mean, Tucker was like, a, I think, an All-American wrestler like at Wisconsin. But um, right. I like their look. And I know we're talking women, but I'm, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Otis setting up this, um, this pairing with Mandy Rose. But 
in wrestling, you've always got to have somebody that um, that resonates with the blue collar worker, because especially growing up in the South and especially in WA, they catered to that Southern blue collar worker as the fan. I mean, that's what was whole, Dusty Rhodes' whole gimmick was the blue collar, you know, son of a plumber kind of a thing. And absolutely. So they didn't really have too many guys out there that really cater to the the blue collar guy that can kind of relate to to that because you got Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, you know, AJ Styles, they don't really resonate as like blue collar people. I mean, maybe Randy Orton kind of does um but so bottom line is Tucker and Otis have been over big time, especially Otis because he's this big, you know, heavy guy, strong guy, but he does that worm uh, where he like literally like bounces up and down on the mat and lands on people and so he's very <laughs> over but it's like in real life I mean he is like infatuated with Mandy Rose and like Mandy Rose lives in uh, uh, the Fort Lauderdale area she's friends of a friend of mine and um, so I've, I'd correspond with her in the past on like you know for charity things and stuff and it just didn't work out with her schedule but and Otis is a uh, lives in like Orlando, so and I know some people who kind of know him, but so he's like in real life like infatuated with her, and um, so they can't blame him. No, absolutely not. Um, but anyway, so he had always had this thing, and even when he came out on the the moment of bliss, they had him where like he's always talking about the attractive women or whatever, and he came out one time on a moment of bliss and was like yelling "pretty lady, pretty lady" to Alexa Bliss, and they like carried him off and well now it's developed with Mandy Rose and so they're going into this routine now where like you know Mandy Rose knows that Otis is interested and now they have a thing going on and uh, potentially like last night he asked her out on a date and she said well I can't next Friday but how about the following Friday which turns out to be Valentine's Day so they're going with Otis but going into the Royal Rumble you know they'd had segments where Otis had like giving a, a ham to Mandy Rose as a gift. And, of course, most people be like, oh, my gosh, you know, what are you doing? But yet it, it works for the blue-collar guy because in real life, Otis is this guy that he's always cooking, like on his social media. Right. He's always, you know, healthy or I don't know about healthy, but grilling something or, you know, deep-frying turkeys or cooking this or that. Right. So he gave her a ham, and, of course, they had it where Dolph Ziggler um, stomped on that and – um you know, just different little things, or and I think his mom made a dessert, and like Dawson yep. stepped on the cake, and uh, all these things, and so, but yet Mandy's still trying to be nice to Otis because thanking him for doing this and that, and of course Tucker's story as well. And, you know, don't get your heart broken, but yet the story with Otis is a story that most people can resonate when they're not, you know, built like a. Um, a Lex Luger back in the day, or a uh, a Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, or they don't look like Roman Reigns or whatever, and it's like, hey, you know, every guy wants to date the hot girl, but usually that she might be out of your league. So there are a lot of people right. who are rooting for Otis in this situation, yep. and I personally think that not, Otis is so over. Like even when he was at the match. Um, I yelled out to him. I'm like, do it for Mandy. And he yelled back at me. He's like, I love Mandy. And she wasn't even on the card. <laughs> but but um, 
But I think this pairing is great because Otis is so over. They've got to have things to keep him um, popular. And, right. And I think this pairing does as much, if not more, for Mandy Rose than it does for Otis. I mean, Otis it loves her. It, it helps her because he, he's over. Yes, exactly. That's my whole point. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if you watch when Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville come out, they don't get a pop at all. Now, I don't know if it's right. because so many guys have their jaw dropped and they're like, oh, man, they're just ogling over her. But yeah. she doesn't get a pop. Like, when Alexa Bliss comes out, Alexa Bliss gets a pop. So yes, she does. that's why I like the pairing with Mandy Rose and Otis for Mandy Rose as much, if not more, for Otis. And that's why I also like the, the pairing of uh, Mandy and Sonya with Alexa and Nikki because they're in matches where they're getting pops. Right. So I'm a huge fan of this. But what I think they need to do, though, is, and, and I guess to kind of set up the Royal Rumble as well, uh, we talked about all the gifts that you know Mandy and um, Otis have been sharing and things like that. Well, the... The SmackDown before, there was a match with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against... Um, no, I'm sorry. All right, it was a couple of weeks before. Mandy Rose was against Alexa Bliss, and Otis came out, and Mandy ended up, like, distracting... Or, I mean, Alexa was distracted by Otis for some reason. And Mandy rolled her up for a win. Well, then the next week... I think it was Alexa Bliss she beat. But anyway, Mandy won with the assistance of Otis, uh, just kind of being at ringside. So the next week, Sonya Deville was like, well, hey, maybe you can get Otis to be uh, ringside for me and give me some assistance because she was battling Alexa Bliss. Well, what happened is those two were going at it, and Nikki Cross was um, uh, side or ringside as well as Mandy Rose was. So Mandy Rose climbed up on the top of the turnbuckle, or like the second level, and was like distracting Alexa Bliss. Well, Otis was out there as well as, as Tucker, and Nikki Crossman goes and pushes Mandy Rose off the turnbuckle, and she lands right in the arms of Otis. Now, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? I did. I saw that. Well, the crowd just erupts. Otis's face is hilarious. And it's like sitting there holding, and of course, then Sonya Deville's kind of get, gets distracted and gets rolled up for the win. So there's like, okay, well, is there some animosity now, maybe between Otis and Sonya? But yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was great, and just huge crowd reaction uh, to it. So we get to the Royal Rumble, and then they have it where Alexa Bliss throws Mandy Rose off um, over the top, but she lands on the side of the ring. And then all of a sudden, she just kind of rolls over, and she lands on Otis. <laughs> it was like landing <laughs> on this big pillow. And so she gets up, and of course, Otis is thrilled and everything, and so he helps her. He's laying down and like, you know, holds her feet and arms so she can get up, and she jumps back in the ring, so he saves her from elimination. So once again, Otis has saved Mandy. And um, <laughs> then later in the match... Um, she gets thrown over by, I think it was Alexa Bliss, and um, I think it was Alexa Bliss. I I, I think it was anyway. Um, and um, it was somebody, but anyway, she got thrown over, 
And then um, Sonya Deville went to attack that person. I think it was Alexa Bliss, and she ducked and ended up um, hitting Mandy off the ring post by mistake. Well, or off the ring's uh, apron. So she lands, and Otis catches her, so saves her once again. And then um, Bianca Belair comes and like clotheslines Deville and she or, or throws her off. And then Deville lands on Mandy and Otis, and Otis isn't able to support both of them, so they all fall, and they get Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville get eliminated. So right. Otis had, had a, now two times where he wasn't able to save the day, kind of a thing. But right. um, but now we're at it where you know they they both lost matches last night. Um, the uh, uh, Tucker, Tucker and Otis were in a, a four way with. Um, the Miz and John Morrison and who else? The Revival and then um, I guess Luke, part of Lucha House Party to see whoever would win in that foursome. They'd go and challenge the New Day for the SmackDown title. So anyway, NXT um, Otis and them ended up losing. They didn't get pinned, but just didn't win. But Mandy comes and starts talking to Otis, and he asks her out, and it's like, "What are you doing next Friday?" And she's like, "Well." I got plans next Friday. I'm sorry. So he's all disappointed. She says, but I'm free the next Friday when he gets all excited and everything. It turns out to be Valentine's Day. So that's the storyline going in. But uh, but I do like that that pairing, like I said before. But I feel like what they need to do is besides having them go out or whatever, they need to turn it where these guys, both teams are winning in some way um, by this right. This partnership, because in fairness, you know Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville have lost a couple of matches now with Otis being out there, and and um, Otis and Tucker really haven't moved up too much in the tag team ranks. So maybe that's in the works. We'll have to see. But I, I just really like the pairing. Yeah, and I think that they're actually building it up to where there's a thing between Sonya and Otis where they hate each other and. Mandy's going to have to choose and all that. So I, I think it's building up to that, and they're going to take it that direction. I wish they wouldn't, but I think that's the direction. Yeah. But back to Otis, back to Otis save, saving her at the Rumble. <laughs> I have to ask, where did he come from on the first one? Did well, he come from out from under the ring? Because I guess oh, be- you, ne- you didn't see him, and all of a sudden she's standing on top of him. So. <laughs> I guess it he was, was just was laying hilarious. under the ring, and the thing about it is, is if you watch the replay, none of the the people on the first row um, reacted in any way. So, right. and I guess they were like experienced enough fans to know not to react and kind of look over and everything. Or maybe if Otis kind of rolled out and he just maybe like put up a, a like a shh sign or something like over his mouth, so they wouldn't say anything. Because right. one thing, if you kind of notice about WWE pay-per-views, I kind of see the same guys on the first row. Like, there's this guy that has, like, a um, like a lime green shirt, and yeah. he has, like, a face on the front. That guy is, like, front row at almost every pay-per-view that I've seen lately. Well, they do definitely have plants, and, and or what I would call a, a plant, which means somebody they're paying to be there, and... WCW was famous for that too. So I, yeah, definitely WWE does that. And maybe they had several of them there for, just for something like that to kind of keep it hush hush until it happened. So they would get that pop. Yeah. But I definitely see where, 
you know, they're going to have something interesting happen and with them on Valentine's Day, and they're eventually going to have some scene where it's insinuated that, you know, Mandy Rose and Otis have hooked up in some form or fashion. But I, I agree with you that they're going to have some dissension where uh, Sonya Deville is going to get jealous or something. Either that, because I just don't know in a storyline how they could do it where, like, all of a sudden then they pair Tucker up with a, a dating relationship with uh, Sonya Deville because they know and you know, the real world, that's not how Sony rolls. I, I don't know right. that they would pull that off. So, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, but I like the pairing. I, I like it for Otis, just because I think in real life he's like a real cool guy. So I know personally he's enjoying this pairing. But I also feel like just from the fans' perspective and getting pops for both he and Mandy, it, it's a really good thing. And and Mandy's benefiting from the pop more than Otis because o- Otis already has it. Agreed. Agreed 100%. So, she, needs, she, she needs to tell the, the people in charge to leave it alone for a while so she can build her character up and uh, get crowd favor because it's working more for her than them. Yeah. Well, and another thing that's kind of interesting about this whole pairing, um, on social media, M- Mandy posted about, I think it was on Twitter, and she s- posted something about Otis, I think it was after he caught her uh, in uh, his arms after that SmackDown episode. And, like, Corey Graves posted something like, um, you know, a-, a negative or like he was sad that the pairing. And Carmella, who he's going out with in real life, says, oh, you know, it's something like, oh, well, if you want to compliment her, we'll just go ahead and compliment her. So that's kind of a thing where... I've never met Corey Graves. I don't know that much about him personally other than what I see on TV and what I see online. But he just comes across as kind of a douche. And I think stuff like that is like, if I was Carmella, I'd be like, I don't see why I would want to be with this guy kind of a thing. Right, right. So, anyway, but back to the match. You know, they were eliminated and... um, you know, I want to talk about some of these NXT women that are in it, like Candice LeRae, um, you got Mia Kim. Um, what was your take on um, the NXT women involved in the Royal Rumble match? Well, we've touched on it once before, but the next thing I had on my sheet here is Bianca Belair and talk about her showing. She had an amazing showing, and they the booking for that was great because it built her character up. Uh, you know, she eliminated fire and desire. Basically, I think she was the one that uh, looking back at it now, you were talking about uh, Alexa Bliss taking out. Uh, uh, Maybe it was Andy Bianca Rosa. Belair because I know Parker. Bianca Belair it, eliminated Sonya Deville. It was, it was. That's who I've got on my sheet. She was the one that knocked uh, Mandy Rose off into Otis's arms and then turned around and knocked uh, uh, Sonya Deville off. So you know that, I've got it. I've, I've got it written down here. Yeah. So that, that had to be it. Yeah, that and then is she right. also turned around and eliminated Alexa Bliss. So well, I think, you know, those are all big names. Yeah. So. Well, and the other thing with Bianca Belair, it started that run where, she, I mean, she eliminated, I think, seven people. Right. So overall, I think, you know, we were talking about NXT women. I thought she did good. Uh, and I, I think they need to expand on that and keep pushing that up. And you touched on it earlier. I was kind of disappointed that Rhea Ripley wasn't in it because I've been very impressed with her. And then uh, the other one I was thinking of, I can't think of her name, though. I can't keep up with all of them. i got to start writing these down more. But 
I was kind of disappointed with her run. She kind of she lasted a little while, but she didn't stay in there long enough. And she's from NXT. Um, Candice uh, LeRae, a blonde. Candice LeRae, Candice LeRae, yeah. yeah. I think she's talented. She's got a good look. She's athletic. Mm-hmm. They really didn't let her uh, show off enough in, in the in the Rumble. I I think that they let her get eliminated too early. Yeah, she got eliminated uh, shortly after Sonya Deville did by Bianca Belair. Yep. Right. Um, trying to think who else who really stood out. Um, well, someone who came back as a surprise but really didn't last very long was Tamina. Um, Tamina Snuka. So she came back and you know did her her kicked and kicked kicked a few people over. Um, I don't think she eliminated anybody, but she got eliminated pretty quick. And I and I wish they yeah, gave her more of a push. I know she's, you know, a little bit older as a wrestler. I think she's 38, 39, and they had her paired with um, uh, Nia Jax, which I thought was an awesome pairing. A great pairing, and I I agree. I think that they need to let her do something because she's believable. I mean, she's a big, strong, athletic woman, and they need to let her, they need to give her a good push before you know, it's time for her to hang it up. And she, she needed to have more of a push in the Rumble because she's perfectly suited for that style of match. Right. She's bigger, she's strong, and in in a legitimate situation, she's going to be hard to put over that top rope. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier about Lacey Evans and um, how we think maybe her feed with Bailey is is over and wh- where she goes from here. If they don't pair her with um, Sasha Banks, which would be kind of a natural feud... I would like to see a Lacey Evans Tamina pairing because just from a physical matchup standpoint, they're both you know big strong women. I think that'd be a good match. I mean, they'd put Lacey I, over, but I think it'd be a good match. I agree, and they could at least let Tamina you know let her showcase herself a little bit, and you know maybe they go back and forth and have a series of matches, and and you know Tamina wins a few, and Lacey ends up you know coming out on top, but. At least get you know let Tamina stay safe. Yeah, um, they had Kari Sane in the the match. Um, she did pretty well. She didn't last um, really that long. I mean, she came and made some um, some good moves, but she got eliminated because she was on the top rope. But uh, I guess talk about Kari Sane and um, you know her her career so far, and of course her pairing with um, in the Kabuki Warriors with Asuka. I love them together. I think they're a great tag team. Uh, they just need competition. Mm-hmm. They need more competition. I think she's a good wrestler, a good athlete. She She's not built for this type of match. I mean, she's a, a smaller lady. She's going to be pretty easy to take over the top other than being scrappy. Uh, you know, but I, I, I like her so far, and I like what they've done with her so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and really it's something like we've said earlier. Some of the women from SmackDown – to move over to Raw, I mean, a prime example of one of the people who came in shortly after Kari Sane is Dana Brooke. Um, you know, they had the pairing with her and Lacey Evans versus Sasha and um, um, Bailey for a while, which I thought was good for Dana. But, you know, if they're not going to have Lacey and Bailey, where, where does Dana go? And, you know, you, you don't have that many heel women wrestlers in uh, SmackDown, except for, I mean, your heel wrestlers are... Bailey, Sasha Banks, uh, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville, and Mandy and uh, Sasha are a tag team. So, you know, I just kind of feel like Dana Brooke is always 
seems like the odd woman out a lot of times. And I think she's talented. I don't think she's anything above a mid-card because I don't think her promos are that great, but she's got a great body. Um, I figure they'd push her something into WrestleMania because I think she's going out with uh, Batista right now. Speaking of Dana Brooke, that's a perfect segue because they did not book her correctly for the Rumble. She didn't get to show out. She didn't stay in there long. They, they should have done a lot more with her, and I want to see more from her. She's very athletic. She's good technique. Maybe she needs to work on her mic skills and sell herself a little bit, but she's got a good look, and she can go. Mm-hmm. They, they needed to book her better in the Rumble match itself. They, I was disappointed in that one. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're getting into some of the NXT women coming in here. you got Mia Kim, Dakota Kai, uh, Chelsea Green. Uh, any thoughts on those, those ladies and what they're doing over in NXT and what they did in the Rumble? They're very talented. I, I think you know what they're doing in NXT is great. To piggyback what you said earlier about their women's division, now Dakota Kai, she didn't last very long. She come in and wasn't in there long at all and got eliminated. I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more out of that. You know, the other ones weren't, didn't really have too much of a memorable performance, but I do remember, like, tracking her, and, and she didn't last very long at all, so I kind of think they could have booked it a little bit more. I mean, I guess it got them some face time on a big pay-per-view. Uh, one of the majors, uh, as I call it, I mean, you got your Royal Rumble, your WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Those are your four majors for the year, and uh, they got face time on a major so that's good, but they didn't get to really have a good showing, which would have, to me, sold more views uh, for their weekly show. And I think, you know, they, they could have uh, booked it a little bit better, but they they obviously didn't. Yeah, I agree, especially with um, Mia Yim. Um, I mean, I think she's really talented, and um, you know, she's, she's very pretty, and she has a lot of good aerial moves. So I was surprised that she didn't last... Um, any longer in that, and uh, Chelsea Green eliminated her, and then Chelsea Green was eliminated shortly thereafter by Alexa Bliss, and then Dana Brooke right. went out by um, our, our stud, Bianca Belair, who that was her yep. sixth elimination. Um, and and honest, quite honestly, Bianca Belair, to me, is the only one from NXT that had a great, memorable showing. I mean, she, she put her mark on that match. Yeah. I think, you know, we'll get down to it a little bit. I think Shayna Baszler had a, a decent, I'd say above average showing. I'd say probably a B. But I, I'm just not a huge fan of Shayna Baszler. I don't really care for her look that much. I don't think her wrestling is anything outstanding. I think uh, I, I, I'm a much bigger fan of the of Bianca Belair. I think from a look, from a move standpoint, I just, I think she's fantastic. Agreed. So, well... That brings us to someone we've talked a, bit, uh, a little bit about already, uh, Charlotte Flair, the queen. She comes in at number 17, so kind of in the middle, which is k- kind of early, I thought, for her to come in. But yet, you know, Charlotte Flair is also somebody that can go the distance and has proven that th- throughout her career. So what was your take on uh, Charlotte Flair coming in that early in the match? I was curious about that. I didn't know where they were going there uh but i think that it was a good way to sell her again and prove her dominance again Mm -hmm. and 
pass off to Charlotte because somebody busted her in the nose early on in the match. I don't know if you caught that or not. Yeah. But her, her nose was bleeding pretty well. She had it all over her, and then she cleaned it up before the end of the match. But she, uh, you know, proved her toughness. Uh, you know, and that, again, that was another iconic moment where she caught one in the nose probably by accident and uh, showed her toughness by keeping in character and staying with it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so after Charlotte Flair enters, we get Naomi back. We've talked a little bit about Naomi. Um, talk about her return and her performance in this Royal Rumble. I love Naomi. I've always been a big fan. She's super athletic. She's gorgeous. Uh, she, she's got a good rapport with the fans. The fans love her. Uh, you know, I, like I said in previous podcast episodes, I've, uh, watched her a little bit on the, the divas with my wife cause she likes that show and maybe it's just for television. I don't know, but her, what appears to be her real life personality is super sweet and she's just down to earth and she really cares about people. And she seems like a genuine person. So I, I just got to, I'm a fan. I, I like it. And I love the whole, how she almost got eliminated, but she hung onto the side and climbed up. And, man, that takes some super athletic ability to be able to do how she did it. Oh, I know. And uh, and then climb back over. And <laughs> it was very creative. It was just very disappointing that once uh, she climbed back over and got back in the ring, she didn't last very long. They, they threw her right back out. Yeah. She oh. was one of the last ones um, eliminated, but I agree. Uh, I, I am looking forward. Um, you mentioned it earlier, where Bailey had a confrontation with um, Naomi last night, and so hopefully that's setting up a nice run to go to um, to WrestleMania. Because I really feel like Naomi is very talented. I know she won the um, the SmackDown Women's Championship when uh, WrestleMania was in Orlando, and she's from Orlando. But I think. Right. You know, having her against Bailey is a better technical matchup. I mean, they can do a lot of things in the ring, which I think will be very entertaining. Um, and I think Naomi's she's just very over with um, a lot of the younger women as well. And I just think she's, you know, physically gifted and talented, and and you know she's got a great body, good look. Um, I, I'm excited that she's back, and I think it's it's she's needed. Definitely. I agree. She, she's they, You put the, in quotation marks right there, that's the perfect term for her. She was needed. Mm-hmm. Right time, right place. She was needed. And uh, I think that you're right. I think that they'll build this up between her and Bailey and make it a WrestleMania match, and it needs to be. I, and she's deserving, so I think it'll be very good. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, next woman in, Beth Phoenix. All right, talk about Beth Phoenix because she had a great run in this in this Royal Rumble, in my opinion. They sold her, and she's always been one of my all-time favorites. And the reason being is because she was almost on the level of muscularity of a China, but yet Beth Phoenix is gorgeous, in my opinion. I think she's a good-looking lady, and I just love uh, her run early on in her career. Uh, she's made a good comeback with her and uh, uh, Natalia as a tag team. I, I love that. I, I love their friendship outside of the business as well as inside the business with their characters. And I just, I, I, I think the world of Beth Phoenix, I think she's awesome. And to talk about her run in the Royal Rumble, another 
prime example of the toughness of Beth Phoenix. She took a hit to the head, and her hair was soaked in blood, and that was not scripted. That was accidental, and she kept on trucking, man. She just toughed it out, and she took that lick early on in her run, and she stayed in there another 20 minutes after that. Yeah. So hats off to Beth. That She had a good run, and I'm glad that they sold it. I'm yeah. glad that they allowed her to do it. What ended up happening there um, is she was on the top rope battling with um, Bianca Belair, and so Bianca Belair was you know, hitting her on the chest, and so Beth Phoenix, she whipped her head back to try to sell the blow more, and when she did that, the back of her head hit the top of the, the ring post, and so it busted her open, and so if you go back and watch the replay of that, Bianca Belair realized it as well, and so she like you know put her head and grabbed Beth Phoenix's hair together, where they're like tied up, but they were talking to each other and trying to you know handle it the right way. So you know, hats off to both Beth Phoenix for sticking in there, and also for Bianca Belair and realizing it right away, and you know keeping the safety. It's the same thing like with Edge and um, AJ Styles we talked about in the last episode with uh, the Men's Royal Rumble, where AJ tried to do that extra. Uh, somersault and try to sell that uh, spear he got from Edge more right. and resulted in a shoulder injury for AJ. And so, you know, that way the wrestlers know, hey, you know, we're we're in this to make a great show, but we don't want to hurt our fellow uh, competitor out there. So, you know, hats off right. to them. But I tell you what, Beth Phoenix, she did show out in this thing. I mean, um, she uh, eliminated several... Well, actually only eliminated one. <laughs> she ended up eliminating Natalia because they teamed up to to put out <laughs> Naomi, I think, and then all of a sudden Beth Phoenix just grabbed Natalia and threw her over the rope, and it's like, hey, it, it is that, what it is. But that was payback because Natalia had eliminated her before, I think the year before. Okay. So that was payback. That was sweet justice, really. <laughs> yeah. So, and Beth Phoenix lasted a, you know, a long time. She was um, one of the final three in the match. Right. Um, ended up being right. eliminated by Shayna Baszler. Um, before we get to Shayna Baszler, I want to talk about a few more wrestlers. Um, we had Tony Storm come in from NXT UK. Um, what are your thoughts on her? Because I think she's another one of these from NXT. Um, she's a good-looking blonde. She has a, a great body on her. Good, solid wrestler. <clears throat> She kind of reminds me of, in a way, of a, a Natalia, just a younger version, but it's not similar style. You know, muscular legs and and all. What's your take on Tony Storm? I think a lot of her. I like her. Every time I've seen her, I've been impressed. I think that we're not uh, exposed to her enough. I think they need to bring her on over to NXT over here and give her some more exposure over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she's gr- she's great. She handles herself well. She she's tough, and she's got a good look. I, I like her. Yeah, I agree. She did um she did pretty well in this match. Um, and uh, like I said, I I just really think the NXT women. I mean they 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 were just such a huge part of it. I mean you can't say enough about Bianca Belair. I mean Bianca Belair ended up getting eliminated by Charlotte Flair. But uh, and that and she was eliminated at the sixteenth person eliminated, and that's after she had eliminated seven people, uh, seven women already. But I think for her to kind of be eliminated after uh, by Charlotte Flair is kind of a show of respect in a way to Bianca Belair because she didn't get eliminated by somebody who was 
like middle of the road or something like that. Um, I mean, she got eliminated by the cream of the crop. Right, and she'd been in the match a good 25, 30 minutes yeah. when she was eliminated. So that was, it was a good showing. I, I agree. They booked it well. And I think it's a good booking for her as well because she's going to – she won a match, I guess, I think it's against Mia Yim where um, she's going to challenge Ronda or uh, Rhea Ripley for uh, the championship at the next NXT TakeOver, which I got to tell you, that NXT TakeOver is going to be fantastic because – you know, you're going to have Adam Cole versus Thomas Ciampa. But talk a little bit about this Rhea Ripley-Bianca Belair matchup. I think that if it lives up to what it could be, they're going to tear the house down. Yeah. And that's the match that of all matches for the women at NXT right now because Bianca Belair is on fire. And Rhea Ripley, I can't say enough about her. We've really, you and I have pumped her up, and I think Christian jumped in there and agreed with us on the last, uh, yeah. episode that we all did together I, I can't say enough about her so I think this is going to be you know Raw and Smackdown need to take notice because that's going to be the main event to watch for women I, I agree um, I mean absent another Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair matchup I mean I can't think of a better matchup that I would I would personally rather see right now unless you had Ronda Rousey come back against Becky Lynch which you know you don't know when Ronda's going to return but um, what well, I, I well, just, as you said earlier, too, we, we've had enough of Becky and Charlotte. That, enough of that. We're Bianca mm-hmm. and, and Rhea is the new one. That, that's the hot one right now. I agree. And, um, you know, we'll get to Shayna Baszler in a little bit. But, I mean, she doesn't do anything for me. I, I enjoy watching Rhea Ripley and, um, and Bianca Belair more. But uh, we'll see what happens. Agree. All right. So, uh, next they had Kelly Kelly make a return. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting on you to bring that one up. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead. Kelly Kelly. What what else do you need to say? Well, that, I know, I know Jerry Lawler was very happy that she was in the match. <laughs> For the same reasons as I was. <laughs> uh, Kelly 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 is one of my old favorites. You know, uh, it was good to see her back. It was a good surprise. I always love the surprises in the Royal Rumble. I knew she wasn't coming in to win it or anything like that. She came in to do exactly what she did, and she and it worked. Everybody loved it. She got a huge pop, and it was a good surprise. So, yeah, props to Kelly Kelly. Yeah, she got eliminated by Charlotte Flair, who Charlotte started a string of eliminating a fair number of people. There, she eliminated Bianca Belair, then Sarah Logan came in for a cup of coffee and to do her her wolf howl and got eliminated. And that was about it. That was about it. You know. The thing with Sarah Logan, though, I I think she should really be getting a better push, especially since she's in the Raw brand. I mean, she's a good wrestler. Uh, I mean, and she's tough. Yeah, she's tough. Yeah, she's. I mean, you know, we we're talking about Otis um, and Tucker appealing to the blue collar men, but I mean, Sarah Logan is blue collar for sure. I mean, I think they right. said that she was. They're billing her from Kentucky originally, but I mean, just a rough and tough woman to go out there, I mean, they could definitely pair her up with a, a Charlotte Flair for some matches, and I think they have, but but what they do is they just really don't allow Sarah to get much of a push on there, and I don't understand why, because it only it only benefits both wrestlers for it to be a better match. Right, and it's usually like a one-off when they do pr- uh, pair her with somebody like that, so it, yeah. there's no, nobody, nobody gets invested, you right. know. and she was on um, Team Raw for the the um, 
the Survivor Series, and you know nothing really um, exciting there. So I don't know. I mean, it's, um, you know, maybe they're waiting for uh, Ruby Riot to get back from injury and pair her up again. Uh, I I don't know, but I kind of hate to see Sarah Logan sitting on the sidelines when I think you know there there's opportunity for her to be in there and and contribute in some decent mid card matches. Agreed. So. So after uh, Sarah Logan enters, um, we have Natalia enter. Of course, Natalia, the steady veteran. Um, what was your take on Natalia's performance in the Royal Rumble? I thought she had a decent showing, and, and you know, her and Beth teaming up and, and bullying some people around and beating some people up and helping each other out. I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I think Natalia, I hate to say it because I really like her a lot, and, you know, she is what you said, old faithful and the, and the steady, they need to give her one last good push because it's not going to be much longer. I feel like she's going to kind of start fading away because she's been in it forever, man. She's been in WWE for a long time and she was in wrestling for a while before that. So mm -hmm. they, they, they need to give her a good one, good last push and let, let her get some gold and, and, you know, just do her the favor. Well, I think she, um, she had some title matches with Becky within the, the past year, uh, six months. I remember that. And she's, I mean, she's usually when Natalia pops up is when they kind of need something in the middle, like as a, um, a go-between before the next big feud. Uh, because, I mean, she's right. good as a heel, she's good as a face. I mean, I don't see why, you know, we were just talking about Sarah Logan. I mean, for a good, solid mid-card match, just to keep them out there, I mean, Sarah Logan and Natalia. I mean, that would be good. And Natalia could even lose a, a couple to Sarah to kind of give her a little bit of a push. But Natalia's still over. I mean, I think ultimately if they had a feud, um, you'd push Natalia there. But I mean, that that's what I would be doing because I, I yeah, just don't like, like give it. Us, give us a good feud to get invested in. Yeah. Um. So then we have. Um, Zia Lee from NXT, I don't know that much about her, but Zelina Vega came in at 25 from Raw. Talk about your thoughts on her, because I think she's very interesting. I think she's a very good wrestler. Of course, she's kind of been, um, you know, the sidekick for Andrade, but um, Andrade is going to be out for 30 days for a wellness policy violation, and the, the articles I was seeing said that's going to take Zelina Vega off of TV, and I, I feel like they should leave her on as a women's a woman wrestler. I agree. I think that's a mistake to take her off TV. I mean, she's got a good look, and she can wrestle, and she did decent in the Rumble. I mean, it, it is what I thought it would be. Uh, you know, she wasn't going to win it or anything like that, but uh, I think she's talented, so I don't think that they need to make her career strictly dependent upon Andrade, because anybody on social media knows that Andrade is in real life with uh, seeing Charlotte Flair anyway, so that kind of sells that out as, as them being kind of a couple or, or ever how, you know, they're, I guess they're quote-unquote business partners, but uh, I think that they need to cut their ties with that, and this is a good segue into that and let her have her career. Yeah. So I, I agree. I, I do like Selena Vega, and, you know, I know she's smaller in stature, but, I mean, she could still pair her up with a, I know they have the feud right now with Lana and uh, Liv Morgan, but I mean, you know, Selena's like the feisty Latina going in there and just causing havoc and 
you know, cause problems. I think, I think she'd be a good pairing with Alexa Bliss. She I, would, I yes. Brand, yes. Different brands, but they're the same size. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a real good point. So um, we get down the list uh, to Carmella, and Carmella had um, you know a decent showing, I think. I mean, not not that long, um, but. What's your take about Carmella right now? Because I feel like she's kind of, she reminds me in a way of um, Natalia. She doesn't have the tenure, but it's like, you know, Carmella's somebody that's kind of old, reliable on SmackDown. I mean, you can put her, yeah. like when I went to the the match uh, in Daytona, they had her pairing up against Bailey, and it was a good match. But, you know, she had her title run, and now um, she's kind of not in the title picture, but she's not on regularly and she really doesn't have a feud but i thought you know for a while they were pairing her against mandy rose i thought that was good um and i don't know now you know with the with the whole Corey graves thing i i don't know if maybe they're not pairing mandy rose with um carmella because it puts him in an awkward position because when he's in character supposed to be ogling over mandy rose but yet in real life he's going out with carmella so I don't know right. if that's an issue there. But uh, but I do think Carmella is very talented, and I think that's someone that, honestly, I would switch her over to Raw because she needs to be on TV I, more, I think. I think you're exactly right. She's, been, she's underutilized, and you're right. She's kind of old faithful. They just pull her out whenever they need a filler or something like that, and that's a waste. And Raw needs some talent anyway, so slide her on over there and let her, you know, get in the mix i mean she when she first came out she was hot and they you know pushed her and all that and then they just like they always do they just kind of start underselling them and letting them die down and uh, it's like they slip off into ambiguity ambiguity somewhere and you're like whatever happened to them you know well so, yeah i think they need to slide her on over to raw and push her yeah and the other thing with raw is i mean you've got it's a three-hour show so you've got which I know when they do the draft, they'll draft more people for Raw, but it, it's just amazing the that even if you count Sarah Logan, who I guess she must wrestle the dark matches or whatever, but they only really have like six women on the roster over there, and that's just, right. that's just really not enough because it's like, okay, well, you got your obligatory Becky Lynch comes out and does her thing, and you know Charlotte has to do something. I mean, it's, it's just so much of the same repetition right so surprising that that stephanie allows that you would think stephanie because and maybe stephanie's not even doing it anymore but she used to be kind of over the especially over the women's part of it uh but it's like you know you would think stephanie or hunter would at least step in and be like hey we need to mix this up a little bit or we need to add some stuff here the same crap every week that we're giving them is, is not enough, and the fans are getting tired of it. You'd think that they would understand that. Yeah. So, and I, you know, and it could be a situation too where maybe Carmella, she wanted to be on SmackDown because since she is going out with Corey Graves, that way they're kind of traveling together. Uh, right. You know that that makes, and that's why you have had Andrade on um, on Raw as well as Charlotte Flair. So. You know, it makes it kind of interesting, but I just, in, in a two-hour show, it's kind of hard to get an, a, a lot of people really on the segment because you know on Raw, or, or, I mean on SmackDown, well, you're going to have to 
you know, have your, your Roman Reigns segment. You're going to have to have your champion segment. You're going to have a couple of women. Well, with Otis being so over right now, he's involved in something, and now they're wanting to keep him and Mandy Rose. So that's why they're doing the pairing with Mandy Rose and uh, um, Alexa Bliss, which Alexa Bliss should be on every week because she gets a huge pop. But it's like, well, how much? And you got to have Bailey on there to get her, you know, time as champion. But it's like, well, you don't have time for that third, um, or even four, definitely not a fourth, but barely a third um, women's pairing out there. But yet you've got a lot of women on the roster, so we'll see what happens there. Let's see, going down the list here, um, you know, Tegan Knox um, came in at number twenty-eight on this, and you know she's had a pretty awesome feud with Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai is, of course, the woman that. Uh, turned her back on longtime friend Tegan Knox at the Women's War Games, and I watched NXT this past Wednesday, and they had a they had a really good match. I mean, a lot of good action. Um, talk about Tegan Knox and even her um, battles with Dakota Kai, because I think Tegan has a good look, uh, good wrestler. Yeah, I think she's got a good future. I mean, she's got a world of potential, and their feud is good. And I love that heel that turn. At NXT uh, War Games, I thought that was beyond uh, most storytelling. Uh, you know that that one actually did surprise me as a longtime wrestling fan. That usually it's very hard to surprise me. So you know, I, I think that they're doing good with that. I was disappointed with her uh, showing in the Rumble, but uh, I think they're doing good things over there in NXT with those two. And I, like I said about Dakota Kai earlier, I just think they both got eliminated a little too quickly and and didn't really get the showing that they they should have got yeah yeah i would agree i think one thing they get into with um these matches the big pay-per-views though is they kind of have to move these matches along a little bit because you have a time limit i mean you they generally want to try to keep these matches you know if they start at seven eastern they want to try to have them done by 11 uh eastern and I mean, the match itself went about about 30 minutes. It was like 27 minutes and 20 seconds. So they kind of had to get some people eliminated at some point. So I guess that's just what happened with Tegan Knox. Um, and, you know, we had a few others come in, like Shotzi Blackheart from NXT. Um, we didn't really talk much about her. Um, I mean, I, I just think she's just an, another woman on the roster. Unless you – do you have anything – to... I think she's got a. I think she's got a cool alternative look, and they yeah, can the green hair, right? And they can do some things with her, but she's so new, nobody really knows her. So I mean, I think she was kind of a filler for the for the match, to be quite honest. Yeah, and another filler was Santina Morella. I'd never heard of <laughs> Santina Morella. <laughs> I was waiting on you to bring that one. I thought that was awesome. That, that was a good throwback, and the fact that he come in and or she, or whatever you want to call it, came in and faced off with Beth Phoenix because of their history. And you have to be a pretty long-time wrestling fan to know and remember that history because that was, that was several, several years back. What was their history? Uh, you don't remember? No. So Santino, Morella, and Beth were like a on-screen couple. Oh. For, for a while. And then Santino had this alter ego... Santina and Santina and Beth ended up having issues with each other because of her love for Santino 
and it, it just ended up badly, and they had that history together. So that was the play on Santina coming in, and then Beth, because if I'm not mistaken, Santina eliminated Beth at a Royal Rumble uh, years ago, or may have beat, beaten Beth for some kind of a title or something in the storyline. I can't remember exactly how it went, but yeah, they, they have they had a major history together for uh, you know many years back, so that was the whole thing where her, with Santina coming in and then them two facing off, and then Natty also got behind him, and they, they kind of bullied him out, so... Yeah, well, uh, it, it was entertaining when they came. I know the fans um, you know, gave a huge reaction to it, and uh, so I guess absolutely. you said get some good comic relief there. Yeah, it was good. I, I, it was a good break for the match, and just bringing him, you know, him out was good because I don't think anybody uh, expected that one. It, it was a big surprise. Right. Well, and I guess another thing is, I mean, they pretty much had every woman on the roster in it, so they had to bring a few back to fill the thirty because, um, right. you know, you obviously had uh, the two women championship matches, and unless they were going to have Rhea Ripley in there, and and I don't really know why they didn't have Rhea Ripley in there unless. Um, I mean, I forgot maybe when Worlds Collide was there, maybe it'd be from a travel thing or, or something, I'm not sure. But I guess the other thing, too, is, you know, they want to keep Rhea Ripley strong right now. So if she came in as a champion and didn't win the Royal Rumble, then it could make her look weak. Um, right. So, but the last entrant uh, was Shayna Baszler. And when she came in, I was like, okay. It's going to be down to her and Charlotte Flair. And I'm just going to be honest. I was like, you know, I'm hearing all the rumors about, well, it's going to be Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch at Royal Rumble. So, I'm mean, sorry, at WrestleMania. So I was like, okay, it was very believable that Shayna Baszler is going to come in here and win the Royal Rumble and challenge Becky Lynch for the championship. And especially the fact that, um, based on the fact that she also won um, that Survivor Series. But she had also lost her championship to Rhea Ripley. But I was like, yeah, you know, I can easily see this because even if she beat Charlotte Flair, it's not like Charlotte had a title on there. But, I mean, right. and as expected, Baszler came in and was very um, dominant. I mean, she eliminated seven people um, consecutively once she got in. I mean, she started living, uh, eliminating people with um, uh, Zia Lee and it, I mean, she eliminated Zia Lee, Tegan Knox, Selena Vega, uh, Chauncey, or, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Carmella, uh, eliminated Tony Storm, eliminated Naomi once Naomi got back in the ring. And, uh, but, uh, then with, um, so that left the final five as Natalia, Beth Phoenix, Shayna Baszler, I'm sorry, final four. Naomi, I'm sorry, Natalia, Beth Phoenix, Shayna Baszler, and Charlotte Flair. So I'll let you take it from there. Well, we already kind of touched on Beth and uh, Natalia. We, we kind of know what happened there. Beth kind of turned her back on Natalia, which all that was was payback for, the, I think it was exactly the, the previous year where Natalia tricked Beth and threw her out. So, uh Overall, I, I kind of was disappointed in uh, Shayna Baszler's showing. I think that they should have probably brought her in earlier to uh, build up her character a little bit and show some more toughness because, I mean, she came out last and then, uh, you know, ended up 
really not winning. I know you're not a big fan, but I feel like that they, she's got a world of potential, and they can sell her as being a legit tough woman. Well, when she came uh, in, though, of, she, she eliminated seven people. I mean, when she came right. in, she was dominant. So I thought it was kind of like a, a sell what they did with um, Brock Lesnar in, in, in to a degree. When Lesnar right. started the match, I mean, he was dominant. And, you know, until Drew McIntyre, I mean, he was eliminate. Well, he didn't eliminate Ricochet, but, I mean, he was eliminating people left and right. And when Shayna right. came in, I mean, once she was there, she eliminated um, – seven straight people before Beth Phoenix defeated Natalia. So I think right. they definitely made her like look strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. She was kind of like a buzzsaw, but, you know, she come in and pick off some people that may have been tired or been in there for a little bit and yeah. all that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked it. I think that they need to build her up. I think she can be, honestly, what they end up needing to do is bring her up to the main roster whenever Ronda comes back and kind of pair them up and bill it as the XMMA people having a rival, you know, two women having a rivalry, and actually let that be a feud for a while. I think that would be a good way to book both Ronda and her and, and get some get some good pop out of it. I think that would be believable, and the fans would eat it up Yeah, as long as they sell it the right way. I think they need to do that. But uh, for the rest of it, I mean, the Queen, hey, she ended up winning it. That's who I wanted to win. I mean, she's the perfect women's wrestler. I, I can't say enough. I'm a huge fan. She's pro she's my favorite uh, women's wrestler right now, and she probably has been for the last several years. Uh, I just hope with everything in my being that she doesn't challenge Becky, and I know that they're talking about her possibly challenging Rhea Ripley in NXT. I think that would be a beautiful booking move, and it would be a good pop for NXT at WrestleMania. I agree. I agree, and I mean what I'm seeing is that they're going to bring up um, Baszler to to challenge Becky Lynch for at WrestleMania, which I think makes more sense because the, of the fact that Shayna Baszler won at Survivor Series, and so that's another story for Becky to tell to say, "Hey, I've got another challenge I've got to overcome," and that's I mean now Becky didn't get pinned by Shayna Baszler at Survivor Series, but the bottom line is Becky didn't win. So I think right. I think that match, uh, ma- that that story is a very interesting story to tell. I think, uh, like we said, though, in the meantime, they're going to have to have some type of filler for Becky because I think, I, I think um, it, the idea was that Shayna said she's going to stay with NXT for the moment and still try to battle uh, Rhea Ripley because... NXT needs to get some mileage out of this uh, Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley, um, I think. And I think they're also get mileage out of the Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. I mean, it, that's why I think right now. That's the match I want to see. That, that's the match I'm pulling for right there. That, that's what I want. Yeah, well, they're definitely going to have, um, at the next um, NXT All Out or NXT TakeOver, they're going to have Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, and I'm pretty sure what's going to happen, they'll have Rhea Ripley win, but uh, Bianca Belair will look good, but then they'll have something with her and Shayna Baszler. But um, the people were saying, yeah, the Baszler is going to go up to WWE right now, and I'm not sure that that's going to be the case, but I think eventually that will be the matchup uh, with her and and Becky. And the rumor was, like you said, that um, Charlotte Flair was going to make an appearance on NXT at some point and challenge... Um, 
uh, Rhea Ripley, which it would make sense for her to do that after the match with um, Bianca Belair, because that match is going to be February 16th, that NXT TakeOver. So we'll see what happens. I tell you what, I mean, the WWE has a good problem to have as far as the matchup, the women's matchups that they want to go um, with at WrestleMania, because I just think it's they've got so many talented uh, options there. Agreed. So, Agreed. So, so overall, we give the women an A in the Royal Rumble match, correct? I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was very entertained. The surprise contenders were were awesome. The action was awesome. Uh, the booking was very good. I would like to have seen some of the NXT women do a little better. Uh, but Charlotte is who I wanted to win, and she won it. And Bianca Belair showed out. So I, I was very happy. And Beth Phoenix had a good showing. Uh, she got to show how tough she was with the, the the legitimate injury and staying in there for as long as she did. So I, I was very pleased. You know, and the, just kind of thinking strategy here about, you know, as we are on the road to WrestleMania, whenever they have WrestleMania, they have – they're doing it kind of unique this year because um, – I mean, I'm going to, to WrestleMania on Sunday, and of course, I mean, that it's a whole weekend of stuff, so they have like the Hall of Fame on like a Thursday, which I, I was kind of disappointed it's going to be on a Thursday, because I'm not going to drive all the way over to Tampa just for the Hall of Fame, but I kind of would like to see the NWO go in and you know be there to see it. But, oh yeah, that would be awesome. Because normally they do the Hall of Fame stuff on like a, a, a Saturday night or something, but... I think they're going to do the NXT TakeOver. Well, let me just log on here and see. I think it's the NXT TakeOver was going to be on Friday, and then there's something else on Saturday. Um, and That's kind of surprising that they're not doing the Hall of Fame the night before. That's usually the way they do it. Yeah, I mean, to me it would make sense to do it on Saturday because that way you do NXT TakeOver on Friday. You have a, an off day for everybody. But I think they had... A couple of things going on. Let me just see where. Uh, you know, usually too, Ring of Honor slides in a show in the same town like that weekend. Mm-hmm. They usually do that on purpose. They'll they'll book a show in that same town like that weekend, so everybody, and they usually draw a good crowd too. So. Yeah. Um. Just wanting to see where they are on uh. Well, I'm just going to type in WrestleMania schedule here. Because I'm really excited about WrestleMania. This will be my first WrestleMania. And, of course, we'll do shows um, before I head to WrestleMania. You may have to come down and go. Man, I wish I could. I'm excited for you, man, because it's, uh, it's a one great experience. I've been one time, and it was at uh, 27 in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and it was a great time. They got all kinds of stuff. WrestleCon, um, I've never been to one of the WrestleCons before, but I know they're usually pretty entertaining. I see a lot of formal. Yeah, I've wrestlers. never been to. I've never gotten to go to one of those either. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll have, you know, Ric Flair will be in town and going to all that stuff. And now I met him. I don't know if you saw the pictures on uh, Facebook or anything, but I actually met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a couple couple years back. It was a great experience. He's he's great. In real life, man, he's great. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, is, I mean, you know, he was 
really the first wrestler I remember in him and Hogan that had these great promos and exciting and you know get you pumped up because I'll even watch well I guess the first wrestler I really remember who was just like this great promo guy and get you all fired up was Michael Hayes because before yep. I started watching WWE or then WWF and, and we watched it but we'd watch the old Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS, and it'd be, you know, Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock, and you had the fabulous Freebirds with Terry Gordy and uh, Michael Hayes, and and, uh, they were big, and then you had Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer, but, I mean, Michael Hayes was always just this great promo, and, and of course, I didn't get to watch World Class until they, with the Von Erichs, until they started showing the, the replays on uh, WWE, but, but I always loved the Freebirds, and I mean, Flair was always great on the mic, and then, well, he and Dusty Rhodes, you know, Dusty would get you pumped up, and then Hogan, and then I guess then the Macho Man, but um, yeah. to me, those guys were always like in the the top of the, the promos, and then once we got older, you know, you had Stone Cold, who was, uh, um, you know, great on the mic, and I was never a big fan of The Rock, but... Um, you know, as a wrestler, but he was good on the promo. Speaking of that, you know, The Rock's dad, uh, Rocky Johnson, passed away recently, and I, I was always a big fan of him. I remember him back in the early yeah. to mid-'80s and um, along with Tony Atlas. Uh, talk about your thoughts with um, and memories with Rocky Johnson because he, he was a really good one. The soul man, Rocky Johnson. I, I was introduced to him uh, as we covered uh, on one of our first podcast of what drew me to wrestling and it was memphis wrestling and rocky johnson was big in memphis wrestling i think that's where he really made a name for himself before he went to the wwf and and all that so uh rocky johnson was the man good great athlete you know uh good wrestler married into another wrestling family which is how they came about the rock and all that i, I just think he paved the way for uh, a lot of black athletes for wrestling uh, in general, and he paved the way for The Rock. I mean, if it wasn't for Rocky Johnson, I'm not sure The Rock would have gotten to be as successful as he was. And uh, Rocky Johnson, you know, always talked well of of Hulk Hogan and and all them, and they had a really good relationship. And I just, I think he was a good guy. I think he was a good wrestler, and and. He was one of the guys that paved the way to get us to where we are now. Yeah, and you know the thing with Rocky Johnson, um, I mean, he was built like a truck. I mean, great physique, and of course, he and Tony Atlas were the Soul Patrol, and um, you know, Tony Atlas came from a bodybuilding uh, background and just you know these great physiques. But I was kind of surprised that I guess they lost their title to uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and um, Brutus Beefcake. Um, the dream team the dream team and then i i guess rocky johnson wasn't around for much longer which really didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and i don't know all this the stories and i mean i, I wouldn't imagine he would want to leave that territory and i and i can't remember how long tony atlas was with wwf i think he was like in 80 87 is when tony atlas was there but i know you know, Tony Atlas had some issues. He had some drug problems, and I don't know if that was a reason for the kind of the breakup. And you, you hear stories about that he wasn't always as reliable, whereas Rocky Johnson was. So I don't know if that was a reason why yeah. maybe they lost the title. But 
I just always really enjoyed Rocky Johnson because he, as part of the Soul Patrol, he had that charisma, and you know he would do the like the dancing feet and the the moves. And when he wasn't there, I mean they brought in Junkyard Dog from Mid South, but um, they didn't not, have that. Not the same. They they didn't have the same. Um, they didn't have the same level of. They really kind of needed more diversity as far as more black wrestlers at that time. And I don't know why you wouldn't keep the Junkyard Dog and Rocky Johnson around, along with Tony Atlas, because Tony Atlas was really just more of a, he was a physique guy. He wasn't really a big on the mic and with with all that. So I don't know. Do you know any stories about that? I really don't, because when all that transpired was, was before I really got deep into WWF. Yeah. I think that was more more early early eighties, like you know, prior to WrestleMania one or right around that time, which mm-hmm. was about the time that I I started getting onto it because you know, as I've mentioned before, uh, I didn't really discover WWF until we got cable in my hometown, and we didn't get that until like late eighty three, early eighty four. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the whole story is on that. I would have to look that up and research it on why. Rocky Johnson left when he did because he was still a good athlete and still in good shape when he left. So I'm not sure. I'm wanting to think I saw a story and maybe it came out recently after he he passed away. Um, It was just that um, I guess that Vince McMahon felt he didn't need him anymore. And I'm like, I I would just find that hard to believe because, um, but who who knows? But, uh, and the thing that was interesting about um, Rocky Johnson passing away, he was 75. And according to what The Rock said, it was a an unexpected blood clot. So I think he'd maybe had a cold or a flu or something for a little bit, but it's not like he was suffering from cancer or had been really sick for a long time. So it was really, right. it was really sad. And, of course, I mean, it got more attention on the fact that he was the dad of The Rock. But, I mean, I think WWE and the other shows I, I'd listened to, they did a really good job to – Point out the fact that Rocky Johnson was a really big deal um, in his own right. I mean, he wasn't famous because he was The Rock's dad. I mean, he was a really, you know, big time competitor, and especially in a time in wrestling when, um, you know, there was not, there were not very many black athlete wrestlers. I mean, you had him, and he started like in the mid '60s. But you had him. You had like Ernie the Cat Lad and Bobo Brazil, and maybe a few others. You know that. Somebody like a Jim Cornette would just roll off the tip of his tongue, but right, you know, you really didn't. But no, I, I I agree. I go back to saying The Rock is famous because of Rocky Johnson. Yeah. Uh, you know, if The Rock didn't have his wrestling career, he wouldn't be where he is today. Not even close to where he is today, and he wouldn't have had his wrestling career had his dad not been able to help pull some strings and push him. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I. It's not a big deal because he's the Rock's dad. The Rock is a big deal because of his dad. So yeah. that's what I say. I mean, no offense to Dwayne Johnson because he's a great guy and a great superstar and all that, and, a, and was a great wrestler. But uh, all of that came about and transpired because of Rocky Johnson. Yeah, and you know um, when they have like that WrestleCon and all that. I mean, I may try to go to one of those just because. Um, there's so many retired wrestlers that live over in Florida. I mean, that's where, uh, or over in Tampa. I mean, I know that's where Hulk Hogan lives, or that Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater area. 
I mean, that's where Rocky Johnson lived. Uh, Hulk Hogan lives there. I know the Nasty Boys live there. At least Brian Knobs does. Yeah. Um, you know, Jimmy Hart lives over there. Uh, I think Greg the Hammer Valentine does. And a lot of these wrestlers, you know, they live in Florida for a couple of reasons. Number one, I mean, Tampa was always a big territory for wrestling because that's where you had um, the Florida Championship Wrestling when it was part of the NWA territory. And then, right. of course, uh, NXT, when it started, was originally in Tampa before they moved operations over to Florida. But Florida's always been a very big um, wrestling territory, especially that, you know, Central Florida, where Central Florida is still part of the South. You know, once you get yeah. to West Palm Beach and Miami, that's not really part of the South anymore. But, um, you know, they had the TV coverage, and you'd show it all over. And um, even West Palm Beach was a big wrestling territory. So anytime they do a WrestleMania in um, in Florida, they always have a ton of, uh, you know, former wrestlers around and a lot of events and a lot of history going along there. I think – I hope if I go, I hope Ron Simmons is there. He was one of my favorite wrestlers, and he – Oh, you can bet he'll he'll be at WrestleMania. He he makes a showing every year. He'll be there. Yeah, and he was one of my favorites. I mean, regardless of whether he's black or white, I just really liked his character, and I always felt I loved it. And I felt hey, I loved him way before WWE. I loved. I was a huge fan in WCW. Oh yeah, I mean, I to this, and it was interesting. And you know, one podcast you should um, listen to is um, Arn Anderson has a new podcast out. Well, it's been out for. Maybe about the same time as mine. It's just called Arn. Because when I was driving up to Kentucky for Christmas, I um, I listened to a lot of his podcasts. And honestly, my drive, it's, it was like, dang, it didn't seem like it was that long because I was listening to all these wrestling podcasts and stuff. But um, they were talking about the tag team division uh, in the late 80s um, when you had like the, the Steiner brothers, the Road Warriors. You had Doom. You had... Um, the skyscrapers with Danny Spivey and um, um, yeah. Sid Vicious, and then, eventually, yeah. then Mark Callis, who became the Undertaker, and yeah. Arn and Arn was talking about his time with him and Tully Blanchard, and they said, "Well, of course, you still had the Midnight Express, you had the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, just these tremendous tag teams." And Arn made a very good point. He said, "Well, hey, when you got the the Road Warriors." They were booked. I mean, it was like as part of their negotiation, they never lost a clean match. If they lost, it was because of some type of disqualification involved or you know something uh, of that nature. They never had a clean loss, and so it was kind of hard to get um, you know the other teams if they got paired up with the Road Warriors. They just kind of shook their head and like you know I've heard stories before, like with Dan Spivey, that. You know, with him and Sid Vicious, they got paired up with the Road Warriors, and they just hated it because they they couldn't um, they they couldn't win. And so you've got a guy coming in like Sid Vicious, who looked like he looked with that muscular look and stuff, and you're not really getting a push on him and um, and, and Dan Spivey. And I mean, there was this one story I think the Undertaker was telling it, uh, where he said that you know he was filling in with uh, Sid had left. And he was filling in with Dan Spivey. And one day, Dan Spivey, he was like, just had had enough. And he was ready to leave the WW or NWA. And, I mean, just um, unscripted, he just took a chair and just whacked 
hawk or animal on the back. I mean, legitimately Repeatedly. did it. Yeah, did it. Yeah. And so afterwards, you know, Mark uh, Mark Callis or the Undertaker saying, hey, he was getting ready for a fight. He was getting ready for a fight when they came back to the locker room because, you know, the Road Warriors were not going to put up with that because it was off script and everything. And the Road Warriors said, oh, hey, it's a good move, good good change or whatever. They didn't mess with Dan Spivey. And, and, and Dan Spivey is known. Dan Spivey was a true, legit, bad man. Yeah. So, and, so I thought that was interesting, but to Arn's point, he said because the Road Warriors couldn't lose, then teams like Doom, who should have been pushed more, didn't. And so right. he's like, there's no reason why Doom shouldn't have been a champion. With You put Butch Reed and, uh, and Ron Simmons together, that was just yep. a, a great look. And the idea of... That time, you know, you had these two big, strong uh, black guys coming in with a mask. I mean, they got heat as heels. They were. I love that team. They were talented. They had woman there with them. I mean, I mean, they had some good runs with the Steiner brothers. But I just always felt Doom was a team that they should have been pushed more. And I and even when Ron Simmons got his uh, title over Vader, I mean, like the relief on his face, he was just like so excited. But I just always felt Ron Simmons should have been pushed more because he was good on the mic. He had a good look. Um, I don't really care what color he is. He was just he was just good. Agreed. I agree. Yeah, we could talk about this one forever, so we yeah. better save this for a, yeah. <laughs> another episode. Yeah, well, anyway, we broke the rule again on the one hour, but I, I did want to have a separate episode to talk about the women on um, Royal Rumble and also the fact with Rocky Johnson just passing away. I kind of wanted to... You know, pay a little uh, respect to him and his career, um, and well, well, well deserved. We should have. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close this show. So, uh, thank you again to all of our fans for listening. Um, you know, continue to follow us on um, Instagram. Uh, you can. My Instagram handle is at Ben Wilson Miami. Of course, you can find the show by searching for Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Podbean. And if you subscribe, you know, rank us with a five star. So far, all of our rankings have been five stars, which is great. And then if you subscribe, you automatically get the updates for all the shows. So, anyway, Scott, I appreciate you coming on the show, um, talking women's wrestling, a little bit of the past. And as we get to WrestleMania, we'll have some more uh, episodes and get me prepared to go and. And, and watch WrestleMania. Yes, sir. I look forward to it. I look forward to doing it again. And as always, I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the discussions, man. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, so I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll be back on the air uh, shortly. All right. Have and a good all, weekend. You too. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you again for all your support, and uh, have a great week. All right. Thank you. <laughs>